recognizing the problem. This was part of my life. It, it did not make me lesser. Amen. It did not make me lesser, but it was there. And the Lord has brought me through and He will bring you through. Hey guys, we're coming to you from Rapid 14 today. It's been a great week with Revival Week. Um, we've seen so many great faces. And um, we're actually here with Tom Whitney today. He is a missionary in Angola with his wife, Becca, and their beautiful children. And um, we just had a conversation yesterday that was so good that we wanted to share it with all of you. Um, and it's about anxiety. We would love for him to tell his story and just, I don't know, he had so many good lessons and revelations that the Lord gave him that we thought would be so helpful for you all to know. But I want to open with um, verses of scripture that's familiar to everybody. Um, just such a good promise. Um, I'm reading from Isaiah 61, where it starts and says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion. And this is, this is the thing I want to share. It's like when, if you're in a season where you find yourself mourning, and I don't just mean, you know, um, mourning a death, but when it's a season of depression or anxiety or any of those things, then this is the Lord's promise for you, that instead of ashes, He will give you a beautiful headdress. Instead of mourning, He will give you the oil of gladness. And um, instead of a heavy spirit, He will give you the garment of praise. And just want, um, just want to speak that out over you, that if you're in a season where you're struggling, this is a season, there is victory for you. And this is why we're having this conversation today. So, Tom, welcome. We're so, we're so happy that we can speak to you about this. And so why don't you just start by telling your story and, and how it all happened for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just so excited to be able to share the story. Because I think one of my early dreams was, even in the, <clears throat> the worst of it, was to get to a point where in this journey, I could share what, what God did for other people. So I'm actually really excited yeah. to be able to share it. Um, but yeah, I've been with Overland for uh, just about or over 10 years. And um, it was about six years into that, I think, in 2019, that um, kind of out of the blue, I was, I was home. I was actually resting for a day. Um, and all of a sudden, I, I was just getting dizzy and I couldn't breathe. And then my chest started was hurting and my left arm went numb. My left shoulder was hurting and numb mm. and I couldn't stand up. And I generally thought I was having a heart attack. And I called back. I said, you need to get here now. I need to get to the hospital. Uh, I can't, I can't even, I could barely speak, you know, and uh, it was crazy and it was terrifying. And I just went through it and, you know, um, Becca came and Becca got to me, you know, I was, I was starting to get a little bit of focus back and some of the symptoms were subsiding. Um, but we went to the hospital, had everything checked out and they did all these assessments and all these things. I was in the U S at the time. Um, and they were able to say, Hey, we've looked at all these different enzymes and this and that your heart's fine. It's not your heart. It was a panic attack. Uh, I was like, great. You know, like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't even want to hear that. You know, like, Oh, that's fun. And you know, the idea of anxiety and this things like I've always had a little bit of that, but anxiety to me 
before that had always been, there's a lot of stress happening. I'm feeling anxious, but I just have to push through no matter what and get through it. And then this happens. Uh, and I thought, well, that was uncomfortable, unfortunate, scary, but I'm just moving past it. We're good. Um, and then it happened three days later. Yeah. And then it happened two days later. And yeah. then the next week and the next week. Um, and I started what was uh, two and a half years of having that just as this recurring attack and symptoms um, in Angola, getting back to Angola and, you know, getting out, getting out to the bush and I'm preaching the message and I go back to my, my tent or caravan and I like get to the tent just in time to like collapse in the ground and have to just wait and, and hope that like these things go away and then get back out to try to continue if I'm even able. Um, there were days that I lost entire days. And so um, I hated it. I yeah. really hated it. Um, and it was, and I very much felt like there was no control because it just happened. And, um, I kept waiting for a long time. I was waiting for it to go away because all I wanted was to go back to, I didn't have it. Yeah. I wanted to go back, you know? Yeah. I can just, it's author. I don't know if Liesl said so in the beginning. Um, <laughs> but I, I have had a history of panic attacks as well. And I remember feeling that way where you break out in a cold sweat, your heart is pumping in your chest, and you really feel like you're going to die. I, it feels like a heart attack. It felt like there was a vice around my chest. And, 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 and I think one of the scariest parts of it, you don't know what's causing it. Yeah. You feel the feelings, but it's not like you are, oh, yes, this is because of that. I mean, you literally think it's your heart. Yeah, it feels like your heart, 100%. It feels like... It is your body giving out and, you know, I feel like accompanying those physical things. This year, your, my, my mind would always just go to like, this is it. This is the last one. Yeah. This is the one that takes me. And so literally every day or two, I'd be on the ground feeling this and just thinking, okay, this is the one that's going to take me. This is the last time I see yeah. my wife, my kids. This is the end of my walk. This is it. Okay. Yeah. And then, it, and then it, you know, and sometimes it'd be an hour, two hours would pass. And I would get up and I would be exhausted. I mean, the physical toll. I would, you know, there was those two and a half years. I mean, I don't know if I stayed up past nine o'clock, yeah. you know, like, because by the end of the day, even if I had an okay day, it was such a labor, a physical workout yeah, just to like keep pushing through the day. And I think what, what people don't realize is that there's such an emotional weight mm. of, of oppression yeah. that that's what Liesl just read. It's the spirit of heaviness. Yeah. You literally feel heavy. Like someone's put a huge backpack on your back and you're now carrying a weight. So your capacity is drastically reduced. And I remember going to bed tired, waking up even more tired because even subconsciously I was carrying the weight. Mm. So, geez, like that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, no way any child of God should live, right? So, um, I don't know. Like, I can imagine that that with that, that you wouldn't necessarily wanted to tell, want to tell people what's going on. But you did, in the end, reach out for help. Yeah. So, like, just, just tell us about that. Like, how did you feel and what made you... What made you actually reach out for help in the end and what that looked like? Yeah, what was so difficult too is... I feel like every possible place that the enemy could lie and just sow doubt yeah. was being sown in that season. And so doubts from like, this is just you now. There, there, that, that came up a lot. This is just it. Mm. This is just your life now. 
So figure out how to live like this because this is the best that you're going to have. Doubts yeah. to, um, you know, oh, you you say you're a new creation, but this is happening. And so, hey, turns out maybe you didn't qualify for the new creation. Yeah. Everyone else did. And you can still preach it yeah. in between panic attacks because it still is true for most people, but you just don't really qualify. And, oh, by the way, before you had this panic attacks, you didn't really get it then either. Yeah. You know, all these, I mean, lies, these are horrible, horrible lies. Yeah. Um, and so... When it was happening, yeah, my wife, obviously, she had to know. There's no way to hide that from yeah. your family. Um, so my wife knew, and I did talk to um, our, our country director and said, hey, this is what I'm going through. You know, I'm just trying to put in the happy face, like, I've got this, don't worry. You know, yeah. this is what's happening. And they, and they were, they're amazing, and they, you know, helped help with that a bit. But it was more like, okay, we'll figure it out, you know, yeah. uh, in, in a loving, loving way. Um, yeah. And it was, it was at a... Uh, staff conference in Mozambique when Arthur, you had said up front, this is what I have struggled with. And here yeah. are some of the things that I have learned and things that have got me through it. And to be honest, my first thought, I was like, this dude's lying because I know you <laughs> and I know the power and I know the, the, the level of the word in you. And I was just, the, my first thought was like, there's no possible he knows what I'm, what I'm going through. Yeah. He doesn't know that. But I just so desperately wanted to move forward um that i just came up to you afterwards and yeah. i said hey this is this is what's happening to me and i i know the word and and this is this is this is wrong theologically but in in that in that place i basically said i know the word and it's not working yeah you know i, I don't know what to do what what do i need to do to get through this yeah and i think why are we even doing this podcast yeah. is to say, listen, this is actually more common than you think. Mm -hmm. In fact, there are many people that are struggling with this. And, and the Bible actually encouraged us that when you're going through difficulty, be encouraged by this, that it is not uncommon what you are going through and that others are going through the same thing. And, and why we are sharing with you is not only so that you, you can identify with us having gone through that, but yet you can also learn from from what we have learned in the battle and our victories and our continued victory over this, but you are not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, you know, that was, that was a huge thing for me is, um, you know, right around that time, I, I think hearing you say that, and I, I met other people, Jake and Jesse, and I just had this, this little glimpse of light through it all. that said, listen, you can't be ashamed of this. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just, I felt like I had to be willing to be open uh, because, I mean, one of my biggest fears ever is that, you know, I, I want to serve the Lord. I want to, you know, I'm in Angola. It's, it's new ground. There's these new tribes and I want to be there. I want to, I want to see Christ glorified there. And my biggest fear is someone's going to look at me and say like, I always knew you weren't fit. Mm. I always knew you weren't good enough. I always knew you weren't going to make it. And yeah. this, yeah, that makes sense. Panic yeah. attacks, that makes sense for you. That was my biggest fear. And so if I let them know, I let them in all those doubts are going to come to fruition and they're going to confirm all the worst thoughts that I had brewing in my mind about who I was or wasn't. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the primary lies mm. that shame is saying I am wrong. Mm. Guilt is saying something's wrong or I've done something wrong, but you can actually distinguish it from yourself. But when it, when shame comes, it is like, I am the problem. And so I have to go away for the problem to go away. I can't just fix it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, you know, Arthur, you and I talked for a bit and really just started, th you know, thinking, what do I have to do? And the first thing, you know, is just, okay, well, we need to be applying, not just reading and believing, but really applying. You know, I think you were the first one that told me, Hey, 
in the midst of, do you pray in the midst of it? Yeah. And I was like, well, I pray before I pray when it starts to come on, but then I don't know. And it was, it seems like an obvious thing. Um, sometimes I couldn't, I physically couldn't. Yes. Um, but it was the first one just to challenge. Are you applying the scripture in the worst of it? Or are you waiting until it passes? And then you're like, now I'm going to apply my faith so it doesn't come back, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that was, that was a challenge to, to yeah. learn to do that. Yeah. I remember when I have it, it's almost like the, the heaviness. It, it literally feels like I cannot open my mouth. I mm. cannot actually speak. That's yeah. how heavy it feels at times. And, and you know, the most powerful weapon in the midst of this is praise, thanksgiving and rejoicing. And I would say it is the most difficult thing mm. to do yeah. in that moment. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been through some stuff in life and I yeah. feel like one of the great challenges has been even just to say, God, you are good as you think you are dying, as yeah. you feel yourself dying. I mean, I wasn't, Yes. but you can't convince your brain as you feel this, this weight and this pressure, you know, but learning and battling to say, God, you are good. You have good things for me. You have a good future for me yeah. as you, f what feels like your heart is stopping. Yeah. Is giving out on you. Um, it feels like it. And yeah, it feels like it. And so, uh, I continue with that. And the, the frustrating thing is that didn't fix it. Yeah. Um, it was, it was good. And I believe it was a foundational piece of what I needed. Um, but it still didn't fix it. And, yeah. um, and, and a, a big part of that and not a big part of that, but a big thing that I learned is, you know, I was defining victory. Here's, here's a, the next kind of thing is that victory was no more panic attacks, no more anxiety. Yeah. That's the victory. Yeah. Um, and so victory wasn't, was determined by what happened to my body, not by what Jesus said. And so if, if I had a panic attack, I was a failure. Yeah. If I had a day without one, I was victorious. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just completely contrary to the victory of Christ. You know, me having a day without a symptom but living uh, in fear of those symptoms is exactly. not victorious. No, it's not victorious. Um, and so I was, I was learning to kind of get through it and I was learning to manage it. Um, but I still day by day was looking for that victory. Like, am I going to, am I going to be victorious today? Yeah. Am I going to be victorious this day, this hour? You know, Oh, today's a failure. I'm back to where I started, back yeah. to where I started. Uh, and that and was I, difficult. That was really yeah. hard. I think, I think one of the, the difficulties that that creates is when I had the same thought, victory is not having a panic attack. Mm. And so for me to assure that I don't have a panic attack or get that level of anxiousness, I try to control my environment mm. and try to remove all triggers, mm -hmm. everything that would create me to feel nervous. So for that, I need to control the situations around me. Yeah. I needed to control the people around me that yeah. would cause it. And that was just an impossible task. I mean, yeah. you cannot control yeah. people and circumstances. You can only, ha you only have self-control, mm -hmm. nothing beyond that. Yeah. And I, I felt exactly the same way. And I was trying to do that in Angola, which means I'm pulling oh, yeah. away from people on the team during certain days or certain events. That's I'm not right. going to this thing. I'm only going to that thing. I'll only go for an hour, uh, you know, trying to do the ministry. And it's, you know, I started having things prepared, uh, in case I collapse, you know, yeah. like you can't go in the power of the spirit of God in fear that, well, here's my backup plan in my pocket. I have a list of scriptures for my disciple in case I collapse and can't preach. 
Yeah. Like, that's not the, that's not victorious tradition. No. It's not what we're called yeah. to be. And yet there I was trying to control like, hey, I, I as long as I have a backup plan, because who yeah, knows? Exactly. I might just go down and then I just can't. I'm, I'll be worthless, but at least something will happen. Uh, and it was it's it's very difficult uh, to accomplish anything. And yet my underneath it all, my desire never changed. You know, when yes. I got the call of God to go to the nations, and Angola was put on the table, this unknown spot, but with these beautiful people that no. I, I love so deeply. You know, mm. that call never changed. No. That call never once changed. And yet here I was feeling inadequate, yeah, and incapable to do the thing that I know God put before me. Yeah. Um, and of course that was under attack. Ah, you were the wrong one. Yeah. It was never meant to be you, you know, um, <laughs> the lies. Yeah. Lies. I, you know, this, that, that sense of like, yeah, well you're tagged along. It's I'm, I'm glad you're here to, you know, carry the Bible of the real minister who's going to go and change the yeah. world. But yeah, not you. And this, this is proof. Yeah. I remember having these thoughts, Arthur, you are not the actual one to minister. Mm. And I remember going to Liesl and having disqualified myself from ministry, saying, I will do the schooling with the kids. You are the amazing minister. So you do the ministry and I'll take care of the rest because I disqualified myself because of what was happening to me because I reached a place where I thought I found the problem. It's me. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we haven't even gotten into, you know, okay, the walk to get out of this, which we'll get yeah. into as we continue forward. Yeah. But I, I feel like, those thoughts have left traces. Even yeah. today, I, I before we go to the, the spoiler alert, there is victory. I oh, am yeah. in a place of, of victory that is is in my flesh yeah. and in the word. But yeah. um, even today, like it was last week that one of those pieces was being pulled up by the Lord when um, during revival week, you know, we were we were just praying and asking the Lord, hey, show us, is there anything about our faith that we believe we haven't really brought into our being that we haven't in a sense made flesh actualize into us and i was going through like no like i believe this i believe this and i got to you know you were an equipped minister of god and i thought well yeah look at my ministry of course yeah you know look at the great things that have happened look at what god has done in angola of course yeah no i Your believe testimonies that. the testimonies you know like the the things that i have seen with my eyes the things that god has done and the spirit's done through yeah. my my mouth and my hands you know like sure i'm not can't be insecure about that yeah and then the Lord just showed me, he's like, hey, yeah, but you believe if it was just somebody else, it would be all the greater. Yeah. You still believe that if only God had sent somebody better or gotten you out of the way, it would be better. Um, and and I, I couldn't argue. There was yeah. a little bit of me that still looked at that season and those lies and, ha- and I had accepted part of them. Yeah. yeah, I had this little weakness. I've got a limp, you yeah. know, but, but I said yes. You know, God would have loved someone who can run. But the guy that said yes was a little guy from Wisconsin with a limp. Yeah. Um, and, and the Lord this week spoke to me, no, you were my first choice. Amen. Yeah. And, um, and that's huge for me. You know, that yeah. is a huge revelation. And, and not, not first choice above anyone else. You know, it just a first choice meaning when he looked at my life, yeah. I wasn't the runner up for what he put in front of me. There was no one else for what's in front of me. Yeah. Uh, the task that I am looking at, that I have been looking at, well, even as I think back on the things and the hardships and the beauty of what's in front of me, yeah. he always saw me. He saw me and, and Becca and our kids. Yeah. It was our family that he saw, that he wow. wanted there doing this, uh, which all the more just confirms that, that, that anxiety, that panic attack. 
that was never supposed to be. That's not part of it. That wasn't yeah. part of the deal. That's, yeah. He didn't call us into not that. what we signed up for. <laughs> so, so Tom, what would you say was the turning point where things started to turn, where you've, you decided or you felt like, okay, I'm beginning to get this. I'm beginning to win. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I have something to fight with. I, I know I've some I have a lot to fight for. Yeah. So when did the light go on for you and you started seeing it for what it is? And then the steps that the Lord and the process, the journey that mm-hmm. the Lord took you through towards restoration, victory, and now being more than a conqueror. Yeah. So I, I think it started with those early conversations, Arthur, that you and I had. Um recognizing the problem. Recognizing the problem. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the first, I guess the first thing is, is for me, it was seeing some other, someone else who I respected that I looked up to, which I hate to say it to your face, but I do respect <laughs> you and look up to you, you know, seeing a powerful minister say, this was part of my life. It, it did not make me lesser. Amen. It did not make me lesser, but it was there. And the Lord has brought me through and he will bring you through Yeah. and saying, okay, well, maybe the Lord will bring me through and maybe I am not lesser. Yeah. And, and moving forward and just saying, yeah, this is the reality. This is what's happening to me. Um, so admitting it to, I think admitting to other people that it was happening and admitting yeah. to myself that it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. Because for the longest time, I wouldn't talk to others. Yeah. I would only talk to myself. And the words to myself were, do your best. This is life now. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. And so that was, that was the first turning point. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like at that point, I had this spiritual focus, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, one of the first things that I've clung to, um, is this, this concept that you shared with me at the time of, you know, there's always pressures on us and w- in anxiety, you want to get rid of the stresses and there's pressures and you want to like tear them down or avoid them. And the way to deal with these external pressures isn't pulling them away because they're there. Yeah. The thing is you need to increase the internal pressure to yeah. balance it out or to yeah. overwhelm it. Yeah. And so I, um, you know, that's when with, especially with the, with the help of my wife, you know, not everyone has a wife that is with them, but you know, someone, another believer, you know, let's forget she's my wife. She is another, she's a woman of God, a, a yeah. child of God that stood with me and said, I will, I'm there with you. I'll pray with you. She pray with me. You know, like no one wants someone standing over them when they're shaking on the ground, feeling like they're dying. It's like, yeah. Hey, no, you're okay. God is good. No one wants that. You want to be the strong minister of God, yeah, you know, but absolutely. you know, we started this spiritual battle. I need to increase that internal pressure. I need yeah. to increase praise. I need to increase the joy of the Lord. Um, just praying, praising, yeah. thanksgiving was a big piece of it as well. Thanking yeah. God, thanking yeah. God for the life that I had while I felt like I was dying yeah. and increasing that internal pressure. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think one thing I just wanted to reiterate because this is a very important part of the journey realizing that you cannot change the external pressures of your life. Being a missionary in Angola, in Zambia, with the calling of God in our lives, we are, we are offensive, um, people that are pushing back the kingdom of darkness. We are overcoming. And so there we are real and present danger to the kingdom of darkness. Therefore, the external pressures will always be there. We have been called to a battle. And therefore, realizing that what the Lord has done, he said, in this life, you will have suffering. In this life, there will be trials and tribulation, but rejoice, for I have overcome the world. And that overcoming the world 
is what we'll talk about in the next part when we start talking about what it is that create that internal opposing pressure that is greater than all the external pressures. Because being an overcomer is not not being attacked. It's not being without external attacks, but it is having this internal pressure that is greater than anything that the enemy has against us. And I'm reminded of the scripture that says, when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord, the Lord raises up a standard against it. Talking about the, the internal greater than pressure comes in like a flood against the attacks of the enemy to the place where we, we don't just, are not just sustained, but we overcome and we become more than overcomers. So in the next part, we will start talking a bit more about how does this look and what did the Lord do to create this internal greater pressure in our hearts?